Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, the ages of all ages. Amen. The message our Lord Jesus gave in this Gospel is almost... For, for many people, they would think, why would the Lord start such a message when a huge multitude is following Him? It says, great multitudes went with Him. The Lord's popularity is growing. More and more people are following. And think, well, why, why would He tell people you have to hate? It almost doesn't make sense. We haven't seen Him hate anyone. Right? We haven't seen... The Lord hasn't hated anyone. How is it that He's asking people to hate? And of course, the misunderstanding there is based on a fact that we maybe have not yet learned to love as Jesus loves. Maybe we, we love, or we've loved, or we have different levels of love, but maybe we have not yet understood what does it mean to love as Jesus loves. And because of that, we are often confused when we read such a powerful gospel message. So the Lord spoke about um, this message in a different way, and we're going to look into it, hopefully today, by God's grace, that there's no greater love than His love. And He's asking us to love this way. And He's going to tell us how. First, so again, it said large crowds or great multitudes were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, He said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Can it sounds again a bit much. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. What is the Lord trying to say here? What is he asking of us to do? If you look on in another passage in John 15, it says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. There's no greater love than this, than you would be willing to lay down your life for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, and so on, for, for anyone. Greater love has no one than this. And this was shown on the cross. The Lord laid down His life on the cross, on Good Friday, on Great Friday. He manifested the meaning of no greater love. And we, of course, we think, who did He die for on the cross, right? Did He die for... His mother, St. Mary only, did he die for St. Joseph? Did he die for John, who was at the foot of the cross? Who did he die for? So St. Paul, of course, explains this to us and says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. This was all of us. This was every single one of us at the time of the Lord, before the incarnation, until this present time, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the greater love. That His death on the cross was not for a select few, was not for an elite group of people, was not for such and such. It was for all. He goes on to say, St. Paul in Ephesians says, God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. This is why He did this. Because of His great love with which He loved us in His great mercy. 
I found this very interesting. This person says the gospel is the only story where the hero dies for the villain. The only story where the hero dies for the villain is the gospel. Where Jesus, the hero, dies for the villain, for me. Again, in elaboration to John 15, the Lord says again, He explains to the disciples. This, by the way, was when He was talking alone to the disciples. Before He was arrested. Before the cross, He said this to them. This is my commandment. It's a commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So perhaps what the problem is here when the Lord says, if you cannot hate father, mother, wife, children and follow me this way, maybe the Lord is trying to tell us, I want you to love at another level. Maybe the level you've been loving your wife at is mediocre. Maybe the level you've been loving your husband at is poor. Maybe the level you've been loving your children at is selfish. Maybe. It's questions for us to think. Maybe the level you've been loving such and such is all for personal gain. Maybe. He says, greater love has no one than this. We saw that before. Verse 13. That then to lay down one's life for his friends. Then he goes on to say, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Notice again, this is my commandment. He says it at the beginning of John 15, verse 12, and he concludes within verse 14. You're, if you really want, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is in the exact same chapter, John 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. What are the commandments? Too many people have been lost thinking in the commandments. It's a bunch of rules. Make sure you go to church early. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. All this is not there as its own objective everything is bound under the ultimate love which is love the ultimate law which is love this is the ultimate it says if you love me keep my commandments if you love me love he says if you love me what he's trying to say here is i want you to love but i want you to love differently again he manifested it on the cross he shows us so this gospel is simply very simple. It's, it's basically two words you need to remember. Every time you come across this gospel passage and you read it again and you stumble across this point of uh, hate your father and mother and your wife and your children cannot be my disciple and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's very easy. Think, your, think to yourself two words. Two words, these. Love better. That's all it is. The Lord is basically telling you, I want you to love better i want you to learn to love the way i love the deacons chant to us when the spirit of the lord moves in my heart i will love as jesus loves not as so and so love our love when left alone when unattended when only at the limit of human capacity is very poor is very conditional is very moody Depends on the day and the week and the time and the season and how I feel and what's in it for me and what are my rights and what about me and what about me and what about me. That's not love. I'm sorry. That's why the Lord said this today. That's why it's all embedded in the cross. The crown of thorns which led to the manifestation of the greatest love in the history of mankind. Where the pinnacle, where the standard holds on to the highest level. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. 
Pray for those who use you. Then you will be sons and daughters of the highest. Then and only then. Until then, when we're living at our definitions and standards of love, we are not yet at the command of this gospel. The Lord is telling me, I want you to love differently. I want you to love greater. Love like Jesus loves. By this they will know. It says, by this they will know. He says this in John 13. As he was washing the disciples' feet, again before the arrest, it says in John, at the beginning of John 13, right at the beginning of this very powerful period before our Lord's manifestation of his love, before the cross, this was manifested. And John said, having loved his own, he loved them to the what? To the end. What's the end? Till he dies on the cross on Friday? No. Till he rises from the dead on Sunday? No. Forever. He is the beginning. He is the end. And there is no end for him or in him. Therefore, his love is an eternal love. He says, I want you to tap into this source and love this way. That's what he's saying. That's why St. John, the beloved, writing this gospel. St. John, of course, as you know, is kind of like different than the other three. The other three are the synoptic gospels. They give us the history of our Lord's life from his genealogy, from the birth to the resurrection and beyond. St. John says, well, let me tell you who he is. Matthew, Mark, and Luke told you what he did, what happened in his life. I will tell you who he is. I will tell you who he represents. I will tell you his essence. And then later on in the letters, he writes, God is one word, love. This is the pinnacle. This is the standard. This is why so he says they will know. By this they will know. What will they know? I give you a new commandment. Again, Lord, another commandment? No, it's not another commandment. It's the same commandment. Just manifested to you in a different light for you to see it. I manifested it to you in the way I love you, in the way I've lived before you, in the way I will die for you. This, if you live this way, all will know. What will they know? Love each other. Just as I have loved you. So, so don't love each other if it's what's in it for you, how you will receive this love back or not, what's in it for you, what will you gain from it, what, uh, whatever. No, as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know. What will they know? That you are my disciples. When you love each other. This is the only way. The only way. If we want to really preach Christianity, we want to evangelize the planet, we want to be a church that is a house of prayer to all nations, this is the only way. The only way. Otherwise, we're just preaching to the choir, as they say, or sounding brass or a clanging cymbal, making noise, but not touching the heart, not piercing the heart yet. This is what we're called to. Loving like Jesus. This is again, so love better, love like Jesus, whatever you want to call it. This is why. So basically we can say, how do I do this? Start by asking for this. You see, this is what is read the day a husband and wife are married. We have the husband and the wife standing here facing the congregation as witnesses to this crowning ceremony. And at one point, the deacon goes up to read from this passage, Ephesians chapter 5. 
And at that point, the priest comes, puts a red ribbon around the, the groom's shoulder, around ties it at his waist, reminding him just as Jesus gave his blood for the planet on the cross on Great Friday, you give your blood for your wife and the kids that he will give you one day. And then he puts this gold robe, the same gold robe the priest wears during Christmas and Easter and all the, 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 you know, the liturgies technically. He says, now you are responsible for this household. On the day you die, on the day you meet me in the kingdom, I will ask you not only about your soul, but about your wife. How did you love my daughter? How did you love the children I gave you? How did you love them? This is what I will judge you on. That's what, he, that's what the husband receives. This is what he receives. So, husbands, love your wives. That's what the deacon reads on the day of their wedding. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. What a difference though. What a difference. Because on Good Friday, when Christ gave himself, loved us to the end on the cross, we were not dressed in a beautiful wedding gown, all decked up, all pretty and beautiful and perfect. We were in the depths of sin. Some of us were in the darkness of Hades, which he had to descend to that night. That's where he loved us. That's how he loved us, to that depth. That's why St. Paul says, the depth and the height and the width and the breadth, to understand the love of God that surpasses all knowledge. That surpasses all understanding. This is the love that we're called to. So this is for husbands only. No, my friends. Wives, husbands, children, parents, grandparents, cousins, neighbors, enemies, everybody. Everyone fits into this because he died for everyone on that day. It says until we love this way, we have not yet really begun to love. Could you imagine? Until I begin to love this way, I have not yet really reached what does it mean to love. To love you. People throw around, love you, love you. People send messages to people, text messages, birthday cards, emails, hellos, how are you, goodbyes. Love you, love you, love you. Love you is thrown around all over the place. Love you. What does that mean, love you? Think about it for a second. Is it the same as, I love you, I will take a bullet for you, I will die for you? Is it the same? Of course not. It cannot be. So different. Love you. Even, it even sounds superficial. Even sounds like, you know, like a, a leaf tossed by the wind. Today I love you, tomorrow I hate you. I love you now, in one hour I hate you because you left a cup on the counter. Whoa. Do you see what I mean? This is what the Lord is trying to warn us of. He's trying to warn us of this. Tell us, love as I have loved you. Love as I love. I, I a story I might have said to some of you, I'm going to say it really quick because of time. But it's about uh, a funeral I had attended a few years ago. It was the funeral of a, a grandmother. Some of you remember the story, I think. I'll say it again in case you didn't hear it before. Real quick, but it really touches on this. And her grandson came up to give a, a little eulogy about his grandmother. He said, our grandmother loved us this way and she did this and she did that. And he started praising all the virtues of love that were manifested in his grandmother who had just departed to her eternal rest. And after he finished praising and speaking of his grandmother and all the love she had and she showed, he then said, 
I'd like to now address my grandfather, who had died already maybe 15, 20 years prior to this moment. So his grandfather's already in, in paradise. He says, Giddu, I'd like to tell you something. And he recited the command received on the day the husband and wife are married. What the husband is told as a commandment. And he told him, Giddu, I want to congratulate you. Because you loved Teta so well, all those years you were married over 60 plus years ago, that she continued to love us in the exact same way, if not better, after you were gone. And now, Giddu, congratulations. I'd like to tell you congratulations on your reunion with Teta in eternity. Because it says at the end of the commandment, God will bless you. If you do these commandments, God will bless you here and in the hereafter, in eternity. So he told him, congratulations, Giddu. You love Teta so well. Now she's back with you. And God has blessed you here and will bless you in eternity because of this love. This is the love we're called. It's not just for husbands and wives. Please don't get me wrong. This is the manifestation of the love of the Lord on the cross. So, did you know loving Jesus means obeying Him? Did you know? FYI, in case we didn't realize, this is what we're called to do. Obedience to God, He says what? I desire mercy, not sacrifice. When He says mercy, the true definition of the mercy here is an lasting, everlasting, a loyal, a sacrificial love. So loving well, if we haven't been, the Lord explains it again. He loved them to the end, and he really wasn't sick of them or how difficult they made his life, including what Judas was going to do to, him. He, to them. He loved them, and so in his love, he served them. He washed their feet. We can never stop learning how to love each other properly. We can never have reached it fully. This continues because God is love and God is eternal. It continues. We never stop learning. We can continue learning and seeking, saying, Lord, teach me to love. Teach me to love. If we say we love Jesus, we are commanded to love all people as Jesus loves us selfless, selflessly and sacrificially because he first loved us. Plain and simple. Pray this and say, Lord, I want to love like you love. I want to love like Jesus loved. I am a wife. Teach me to love as Jesus loved. I am a husband. Teach me to love as Jesus loved. I am a parent. Teach me to love as Jesus loved. I am a son or daughter. Teach me to love as Jesus loved. I am a colleague at work. I'm a neighbor. I'm whatever. I'm an enemy. Teach me to love as Jesus loved. It's a way. Love is a way. Christianity is the way. They used to be called the followers of the way. Capital W. Because the way is Jesus. He's the only one to ever say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. It's a way. It's not a religion. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. It's a way of life. It's a way of love. This is what we're called to do. St. Paul tells us, be imitators of God as dear, dear children and walk in love. It's a way. It's a way you walk around, down under, into. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Again, it was a command. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Then the world will know that you... That you sent me, the Lord said this to the Father before his arrest, and I've loved them as you have loved me. This is how we'll manifest love. People will be loved by you. They will recognize Jesus' love through you. Then they will know that God the Father loved them enough to send his only begotten Son to redeem them from death. You see how that's the, that's the evolution of real love. The evolution of everlasting love.
St. Peter told us today in the Catholic letter, above all, keep fervent love. Have fervent love for one another because love will cover a multitude of sins. That's what happened on Good Friday. St. John Chrysostom says, by the cross we know the gravity of sin and the greatness of God's love towards us. Again, in the same passage in John 17, the Lord said, I in them, so His love in them, and you in me, so the Father through the Son, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. A manifestation of an eternal love. That's why St. John says simply, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And I think St. John was being extra kind about it when he wanted to say, we have to love each other this way. Otherwise, we have not yet begun to love. St. Gregory of Nyssa says, every one of us is the painter of his own life. Our soul is like the canvas and the virtues are the paint. Jesus Christ is the image we should copy. We're called to be living images, icons of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember this. And pray with me today and every day that we would love as Jesus loves the whole planet till his return on to eternity. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.